Good evening, Mr. McGuire. Or good morning, whenever hey, you, you happen to be listening to this. You have drapes. That's not drapes. That's uh, that's my backdrop, which oh. is partly drapes, but yeah. All I was right. going to say it's my backdrop. So yeah, the uh, new studio assembly has begun. Nice. I was really hoping you'd more notice the uh, the on air light. That actually, I was I was going to mention that next. Yeah. Because <laughs> so. you know what, every nerd that's been in radio needs in his house an <laughs> on air light. <laughs> and well, anyone who's worked in a station or a radio station knows that when that red light's on, you do not disturb the hosts. Yeah, but here's the thing: I'm in I'm in my own space. Like the cats can't read. So really, why do I have that? Because I'm a giant dork. That's why I have it. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I, also why I hang on to every microphone I've ever used, too. Because Oh, okay. That's well, uh, You know what, though? Uh, one microphone in particular is very special to me. Okay. And that was the microphone that I got to interview Garth Brooks with for the first time. Nice. Yeah. So, And then it broke shortly afterwards. So I was like, all right, that's a sign. This mic is now retired. <laughs> and that'll forever be the Garth mic. So there you go. That's okay. Yeah, it's all right. I uh, I uh, I have a an old guitar that my dad got me when I was like eighteen, and uh, it's just it's hanging on my wall right now. I barely play it. It kind of works, but I'm never getting rid of that thing. Was that you knocking or me knocking? No, that was my dog dropping the ball because she oh. thinks it's it's playtime with the ball now. <laughs> at, she- at, at at ten after eleven, she knows after raw it's ball time. <laughs> for me, I'm like still in the place where, again, you know, people I like live above me. So I just want to make sure I'm not disturbing them as we record this show that goes ridiculously late, no matter where you are in the country or in the world, really. Dude, I got people, you know, above me that are going to bed right now. So <laughs> I know what you I know. What you're, I know what you feel like. Yeah, but they're used to you. OK, fair enough. And you be honest, you're used to them, too. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. you're all kind of over it. <laughs> <laughs> no man it's uh how's your week what's going on what's been happening you were you're doing house stuff today do, do we have a kitchen we have a kitchen i haven't i have a working kitchen yes everything is working we still have some plumbing issues to deal with but everything but we, we've got the stove i'm gonna actually do the maiden meal sometime this week um We've put stuff in a fridge. This is, of course, where you serve an actual maiden. You guys took the Dahmer series. Well, <laughs> seriously, on Netflix. That's, that, that's right. Oh, that's God. terrible. I <laughs> apologize for that. Still funny joke. Anyway. <laughs> but it was a joke. And, 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 and somewhat tasteless. But yes, joke nonetheless. Well, that's why you got to season it. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's even just, more horrible. Just jokes. Just jokes. In fact, you know what you you have to you have to season them. I don't want to make this gender specific, so not at all. Let's Dear just... Lord, okay. <laughs> let's get off this path. Shall and we? I know you would have been laughing more. Joe literally just coughed up a lung while we were uh, telling that joke. So that's fine. It's all right. You still got the lingering cough, do you? Yeah, and, and it's uh, pretty dry in my house too. So yeah, well, I got it too. So it's it's the same thing. Like yeah, yeah. like I said, this is the next step of human evolution. We lingering thought, cough. We all thought we were going to grow gills and be able to swim underwater for hours. No, it's lingering cough. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for the uh, the uh, the ability of flight, but I, that hasn't worked out yet. Dude, I'm still going to figure out how to fly. I don't care. That That's the one thing I have to do before I die. 
And you see these guys with like those jetpacks now that you put on your arms. <laughs> see that guy go? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's got to cost a lot of money. But, but remember when drones first cost a lot of money and now you can get one for like, you know, $19.99 at a dis- discount store. So soon we should be by this logic, be able to buy like discount jetpacks for $19.99 that maybe don't work as well as like the really expensive ones, but still gives you the point for like a minute, right? <laughs> You know what I mean? You just go to the liquidation center. Uh, oh God! <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a jet pock. <laughs> it's spelled with an O. You know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so what else with- is going on in Joe's world? That's a big thing. We got it. We got a kitchen. My mom turned eighty. Um, or actually, we had her eightieth birthday party at a restaurant but she actually turns 80 on what's today is today's tuesday thursday well happy early birthday to your mom then that's awesome or or depending on the uh who you believe she's either 80 or 79 it's one of the two but we're going with 80 because it's a it's a it's a big birthday who says she's 80 and who says she's 79 the 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 family legend is that like her mom lost her birth certificate. So there's been arguments as to whether she was born, you know, uh, you know, uh, whatever 80 years ago is, you know, from today or, you know, or 79 years ago. So is there not a way in 2022? I mean, we have this, we have this ability where you spit into a cup and they can tell you who your ancient ancestors were. Like, can we not trace this? Most likely, but it's not that big of a deal. But it's just kind of a running family joke that whenever her birthday comes up, it's like, hey, your insert age or maybe one minus that, but we're not sure. And so that's sort of a that's a thing. But anyways, we celebrated her 80th birthday. That was pretty cool. Well, there you go. Maybe a year early. Yeah. And, then, and then we did like, you know, we, we did the uh, AW full year after party on the Saturday. Well, slash Sunday. Your grandma which- was there for that, too. No, she wasn't. But like, oh. I had to get up early after that, so that was oh, your, your mom. It's your mom's birthday. It's my mom. Yeah, yeah. Your mom was there for that. No, she was not. She was not yeah. watching. She wasn't watching. Uh, she was not gear. watching. Yeah, full gear. No, she did not watch that. In fact, like, it's weird because, like, nobody in my family actually likes pro wrestling. Um, and you, you know what? If I can extrapolate, no one in my family is like plays music. So every time I kind of hang out with my parents they're like where did you come from because we so don't the real know. the real thing here isn't that your mom's birth certificate is missing the real story is when do they tell you that joe you've been adopted this whole time <laughs> well, it hasn't happened yet <laughs> yet but it could who yet. knows exactly i'm trying to think some other stuff that way oh this is a weird story and it's it's not super weird but just that we're looking this far in advance Nashville is set to host WrestleMania 43. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was like, what the hell? So the deal is, is that Nashville's stadium doesn't have uh, an enclosed roof, right? Right. So they're saying that if if you get us an enclosed roof stadium, we'll do WrestleMania there in 2027. <laughs> So, yeah. All right. That's a thing. That's kind of interesting. Apparently, it's a verbal commitment. All right. Well, on paper, but 
We'll see. And that's and still that's still a while away, man. If there's one thing you can trust, it's a verbal commitment in the world of pro wrestling. Oh dear. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, this is also kind of interesting too. Uh, Brian Danielson says that his full time days are almost done. Yep. He's looking to that part time, maybe do some training, maybe just uh, GTFO for a while too. Hey man, he I think he deserves it. He can do whatever he wants, man. He's earned it. Oh, this is kind of neat. Jamie Noble is going to be wrestling at a WWE house show in his home area. So that's okay, I didn't neat. see that coming out of retirement. Yeah, on wow. uh, the date is going to be on December the 11th at the Charleston Civic Center in Charleston, West Virginia. Nice. He says it'll be possibly for his last time wrestling under the umbrella of WWE. He says it was roughly 11 years. Since I was forced out of the ring, now I'm going to have one more opportunity in front of my people, my state, my family. The real question is, will Nydia be there? Oh, (laughs) I forgot about that, but that is a very good question. How could you forget about one of the greatest wrestling love stories of all time? (laughs) How dare you, sir? How dare you? And yeah, those are some of the big stories that shook out of today. That WrestleMania one, I just, I mean, it is a big money maker. Don't get me wrong. It's 40, a giant thing, but uh, five 43. <laughs> yeah. And also rumors still running wild that the Cardona's might be coming to WWE. I saw that. I, I, actually, I saw, I saw that Matt Cardona had been in disguise. Or there might be, there was a rumor going around that he might be going there. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> They may have changed Mia Yim's name completely to Mi Chin. Well, they, they called her that enough times tonight. Yeah, but still, come on, guys. You're better than that. All right. Is that everything? Mike Semper. Semper I can never say his name. Mike Semper Vivi. Semper Vivi. <laughs> Semper Vivi. Semper Vivi. Good show. That was a very good show. But tell him it's tell him it's Takeshita, not Takashita. I that know, just, I know. That, he was that was killing was me, Takashita, man. And I was like, I'm just gonna do it because he's doing it. But there's another one too, uh, Wilkesbury. Remember when that rock? Oh yeah, yeah. There? Wilkes boring. And he called, well, yeah, Wilkes boring exactly. So he called Wilkes bar, and I was like, okay, well, what the hell is it? And, <laughs> and he should know because he's in Delaware. Like he's not far from there at all. But anyway, so one one of the. One of the great unanswered questions on Tuesday Morning Cooked. Is it Wilkes Bar? Wilkes Barry? <laughs> no, it, we answered that question two weeks ago. It's Wilkes Boring. All right. It's Wilkes Boring. <laughs> oh, what a horrible town. I'm sure the town is lovely, but I'm just saying that for wrestling fans, uh, they got to do better. Yes. Uh, yes, they do. Better. How was the, you, didn't you do a long run t- this weekend or something like that? Well, we all did. The, the club, yeah, they did 30 minutes continuous, which... right. Again, Congrats. Thank That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, they're doing phenomenal. Um, they, you figure that I got them from running 30 seconds at a time to 30 minutes continuously now. Uh, and, and I see I got them there, but really they got them there. They got themselves there just by showing up. I just, I just stand there and say, okay, we're doing this and off they go. So yeah, it was about minus 13. I think when we went up with a wind chill of minus 21. Dude, I think that's the even more impressive part is yeah. that like 30 minutes of running is impressive. Don't get me wrong, but 30 minutes of running at minus 12, minus 13, that's insane. And I've, I've done that. I know what that feels like. And it's, it, that's not pretty. 
You know what always impresses me more is that I get them to smile for the selfie at the end too. <laughs> you know, it's not a bunch of middle fingers and kiss my asses. Yeah. So it's I, I'm, I'm sure under their breath they're like that bastard. I hate his guts. No, it's <laughs> a cool thing. And you know what? I I don't want to name names here, okay? Um, but we have tons of cool stories of the people that are even in this group. I have a uh, I have a breast cancer and brain tumor survivor. Wow. All in one person who is out wow. here and just ran 30 minutes for the first time in their life. Um, I have someone from very far away from here that has never ran on ice and snow until now. And <laughs> they did, and they couldn't get over it. They were like, you know, I, I got over that fear. That's amazing. I, you know? Um, and so that's why I say, like, the reason why I like doing this is because it really is for everyone. People say, oh, running's not for me. Running's not for me it's it's just not for you if it's presented in a way that you can't see it if you mm-hmm. can't imagine yourself doing it then yeah you're right it's not for you but you just haven't found the right people to run with then or you haven't and that really goes for anything in life right like that's wow we're getting deep here but uh you know it's true you got to find your people you got to find your zone and you got to find what works for you and for these people, especially, I mean, I've got people that are, are, are like staunch workout people who have never ran before and they're loving it. They've, you know, um, and I'm not saying that you have to run to change your life. I'm just saying this is what we're doing. But if there's ever anything in your life that you're telling yourself, like, you know, I, I can't do it. I always want to do it, but for some reason I can't do it. You know, Joe, we talk about this all the time. You talk about your music and, and you love practicing, you love playing and I truly believe that if, if you go out of your way to find your your outlet, you're going to get there. You're going to do what you want to do. So, I mean, just keep plugging away. Keep at it. And that goes for everything. There's the uh, motivational part of there Tuesday Morning Cooked. <laughs> but I, I do have to tell you, like, as a as someone who, and not that I do it as much as I, I used to, but as as someone who has run, who has, you know, started at 30 seconds and, you know, eventually ran a marathon, um, like hearing about your running stuff is like really cool. Like I lo- I love hearing about it. I, just I love seeing it. I love seeing the posts. I love everything about it. Thanks, buddy. I just found my uh my medal from my first full marathon. That was in Vancouver. And I still remember everything horrible about that. <laughs> like every and I said, dude, I am so with you, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. Half marathons, oh, do them till do them till I die. I've done one full marathon. I need not do two. No. Well, I actually, I, 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 I think I want to do one more, but you I think do. you do Joe, but I, I guarantee I when you get there, you're going to walk up to the thing. And you're going to say, Oh, remember that time that my feet felt like hamburger with bones in them. I don't want to feel no. that again. I, I, you know what I want to do? I, I'm going to trade this in for a half bib. I'm going to trade this in for a half. I know it's the same for you. Whatever. Just give me the, give me the blue one instead of the red one. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you go enjoy your half. The, uh, I, I remember right near the end of the marathon I ran, I saw one of the race wardens picking up somebody who just couldn't go anymore. And this is about like a, a kilometer from the, the finish sweepers, line. Yeah. The sweepers. Yeah. And I remember thinking, okay, well, I've pretty much run the whole marathon except for the one kilometer. Maybe I'll just get them to pick me up. Like that was just total. (laughs) So here's the funny thing. I, I almost got swept. Oh, um, when I ran that full, because I I wasn't in any shape to be doing it either. I was, this was before I had my heart procedure. This is before all this. So I was on these pills that literally slow your whole body down. And so like, I was 
just not in a good spot for this. But I wanted to run one before the the heart procedure happened because I wanted to run one with all the original parts, as I said. And um, sure enough, they they come and they're like, "We we got to pick you up. We got to pick you up." I said, "Screw you! I'll run it myself." You know, and like I didn't care if it was going to finish or not in the time. And I don't even remember my time, man. But basically, a work day was what I spent running that marathon. Wow! <laughs> and I know it was under eight hours. I think it might have been just over seven. Like it was a long day, dude. Because it was Vancouver, it was hills, it was all this other stuff, and and it was just bad news. But uh, yeah, I got there, and the coolest thing ever was they were like packing up all the stuff, right? The all the volunteers and everything. And there was there was three of us. There was uh, a guy in full military kit <laughs> who, was, who was marching the thing. Wow. There was a woman from Calgary, and there was me. And the woman from Calgary and I basically decided we were going to run together. And then I decided I was going to blow past her. You know, we, we conversed for a bit and kept each other going. And then we just called each other Calgary and Edmonton. We didn't even learn our names. <laughs> and, uh, and sure enough, I took off. And you run those those races, right? And you sometimes might hear your name over the intercom when you cross over because the chip on your shoe or on your bib will come up and the announcer will say your name or whatever. It was the only time. I've ever heard my name because I was literally the only person crossing the finish line at that moment. <laughs> and all of a sudden, but, but they, they call your name as you're coming in the last like hundred meters or whatever. Right. 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 There's nobody there. My friend, uh, Chris Hayden. And, uh, I think it was just him. I don't even remember if his wife, Noreen was there or not. Anyway, they were there at the, the finish line. Let's say both of them were. And, uh, all the volunteers who were packing up everything stopped and they came to the side barriers and started cheering me on as I came in the. Uh, oh, that's awesome, dude. <laughs> dude! It was it was literally a, mo- a movie out of a, a moment out of a movie, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so with a tear in my eye, Vancouver will always be uh, one of the places where where something super special happened in my life. Nice. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Speaking of going places, Joe, uh, do you want to go on a trip? Yeah, let's go on a trip. Let's go on a trip, Joe. We are headed to Albany, New York. Tell you that northeast corner. Man, it's nice to see them finally get some wrestling. (laughs) Jeez. Anyway, we are in Albany, New York at the MVP Arena. 5,721 tickets distributed according to WrestleTix, which is, uh, I think it was 400 short of what was open, but they just opened some upper rows later in the day. So really another virtual sellout. Virtual sellout. Yes. (laughs) We waste no time as Kevin Owens makes his way into the arena and we're getting a promo right off the jump. Cool. (laughs) Well, why not? It's KO. At least it's going to be a good promo, you know? Yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) He says that he joined the war games match against the bloodline last Friday. In case you didn't know that already. Uh, he did that because of one specific person on that other team. And no, he's not talking about Sami Zayn. In fact, he still considers Sami Zayn to be a brother. The person KO is coming for is Roman Reigns. It's been two long years since they last faced off. He's coming to remind you who the hell he is. He says he took you to the limit not once, not twice, but three times. KO says he's the guy that would have ended Reigns' historic title reign before it even started. That would have been true. That would have been mm-hmm. true. Had that, you know, had that match happened uh, and KO had won, I should say, uh, that would have been 
That would have been a big stop to this whole thing. Anyway, he says he's going to get rid of the entire bloodline. He's coming to kick Roman's ass and take his title. Uh, He says that he was invited to SmackDown, and it would be rude not to return the favor. So that's when the brawling brutes make their way into the arena, but they don't come in through the entrance. They come in through the crowd, shield style, but not until Drew McIntyre comes right behind them. So all four of these dudes are walking down the stairs, walking through the crowd, slapping hands. John Moxley is going like, uh, guys, and infringement. <laughs> well, that's just the question, right? Like, is it really anymore? Who knows? No, not really. <laughs> we'd, we'd get a way bigger gimmick infringement later in the show, but Ridge Holland grabs the microphone first. And of course he lets Albany know that it's fight night. I, I'm going to admit, I had to listen to that a few times because I could not get through the, the accent. I'm like, did he say fight time? Did he? No, like, fight, they, they always say fight night. I don't watch SmackDown that much. So. I still wish that they called the faction fight night instead of the brawling brutes because I thought that would be a fun name. But whatever. I guess you can only be a day. You can only be the new day, the judgment day. There is no fight day. That would be weird. That would be. Yeah, that would not be a good name. Seamus says uh, they're going to enter a career-altering blah, blah, blah. It's war games. <laughs> Seamus then says... Uh, Seamus then recounts where on SmackDown. He told Sammy that he was going to crap his pants when he found out who the fifth Beatle was going to be. And, of course, it was Kevin Owens. Drew McIntyre says, you're looking at five lads that are ready to rip apart the bloodline. Two rings, two cages. No bleeding rules. Are you ready for a war? Joe, are you ready for a war? I guess I am. <laughs> for those new to the show, by the way, that's my impression of the start of the Judgment Day's music, even though it's a great song by uh, by Alter Bridge and Miles Kennedy there. But uh, I prefer to do it that way because, you know, it's more annoying. But you do well. It's good. I don't try to. But Judgment Day, Judgment Day are making their way into the ring or into the arena. Rhea Ripley has the microphone first, and she just says "Drew, Drew, Drew," to which Drew says "Rhea," and then Rhea (laughs) says, "Rhea says, shut up." (laughs) (laughs) You can tell that was just a little ad lib there. Rhea says, "The only thing people are going to talk about is how many people I destroy in the women's war games match." Damian Priest then grabs a mic and says, "This isn't play night." You want to stand there looking all smacked? What does that mean? Looking all smacked. Joe, if I'm looking all smacked, what am I looking like? Uh, it's a good question. I guess looking all... I, I, I mean, I thought he meant jacked, but looking all smacked oh, yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> looking all smacked, I'm thinking, you know, I got, I got rosy cheeks. Maybe I'm crying a little, you know? Maybe he was trying to, like, you know, make a thing and it just didn't resonate with the audience maybe i'm super wired because i had a whole bowl of sugar smacks perhaps oh yeah yeah Yeah, with the weird frog on the cover (laughs) (laughs) of course dominic is there to back up damien with his little beavis and butthead impression Uh, i didn't even write down what he said i just put show show some respect show some respect to the judgment day before someone hurts you (laughs) yeah basically that was it (laughs) <laughs> I just put for a quote for Dom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although, although, although he did the one, the one thing he did say that got some heat was uh, 
He said, you better go back to SmackDown. And while you're at it, tell my deadbeat dad I say hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. Deadbeat yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah. Deadbeat dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. Remember when Beavis would get aroused? Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Finn then wants to call out AJ Styles, who isn't there. <laughs> but then he says, as for you, five clowns, I hope the bloodline smash you at Survivor Series. Again, these guys aren't using the right words. Uh, he says, before I forget, next time you show your ugly mugs on Raw, the Judgment Day won't be so nice. Ooh. It, it, is, it, is it safe to say, number one, this is really Rhea's faction now. And oh, number yeah. two, oh, Finn yeah. is arguably the worst out of, out, of, out of all three of them on the, or all out of all four of them on the mic. Oh, my God. Well, hold on, because Seamus says, Finn, my fellow Irishman, our houses may only be 10 miles apart, but they might as well be worlds apart. You're the kind of plastic patty here in America I've come to despise. Plastic patty. Wow. That's that's got to be like a rhinestone cowboy, I guess. Okay. Because so, I didn't get the reference. Well, pat, <laughs> patty's an Irish term. Right? No, no. That that one I got. The plastic part. I was kind of like, I'm yeah, not sure what that it's, meant. It's got to be like a drugstore cowboy or right, right, okay. you know, a person that owns a motorcycle jacket but doesn't own a motorcycle. <clears throat> Me. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I used I, to. I used to own one. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I grew up a Bret Hart fan. Of course I have one. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Seamus or Finn says, you know, you got to remember even salt looks like sugar. And I'm one salty Irish bastard. Seamus then says, all right, let's do Judgment Day Brawling Brutes right here, right now. And uh, we find out if we're going to have that match after we go to our first break. And we come back. Of course, this match was made official. And we come into it as the Brutes are beating down Finn Balor in the corner, who quickly manages to weasel his way out and get a tag to Damian Priest. Now, during this match, Kevin Owens is on commentary, and I paid more attention to little things that KO was saying than any of the match. And it's nothing against the match. It was just, it was, uh, you know. Yeah, but KO's good. Like, that's the thing. He's good. (laughs) One kind of cool thing that happened that you didn't really get to see was Seamus was in the corner and he was actually like, you know, at rope level, like he was on the mat, but he gets up and he did a skin, the cat from the mat up to the top turnbuckle. But all you saw was the kind of start of it and the end of it. Cause they cut to a shot of KO at ringside, but even the whole crowd was like, Whoa. And nobody yeah. saw it on TV because they missed the shot. Well, you you kind of saw it, and then, and then I think even Ko made mention of it. He said, "Well, that's what I, I mean." Yeah, yeah. He said something about like he's very agile or something like that. Very athletic, as, uh, very athletic. Yeah. So, uh, they're planting the seeds of Sammy and Ko now. You know, they're even talking about how Ko said that he was like his brother, and yep, yep. he'd be willing to fight his brother again and everything else. Uh, th- this match basically fills our, our segment two. We go to segment three. We're back in the ring, and I can give you a little bit of actual play-by-play here because again that first segment really didn't matter uh dom and butch get dom some great heat from the crowd and uh, then ridge the fridge gets <laughs> the hot tag in against balor we eventually get another hot tag into dom and sheamus uh dominic tries to run but the oc cut off dominic at the entrance at one point butch hits a standing moonsault off the apron onto damien on the floor which was Highly impressive. 
Uh, Seamus is still a star as he puts the 20 beats of the Bowery on the, the padded chest of Dominic Mysterio. I like how he tried to like take Dom's top off a bit too. And then like that thing's that thing's like stitched on because yeah, that, that thing that didn't work so well. <laughs> and so Seamus is hitting the pads on this suit. And I swear to God, Dominic looked like he wanted to puke by the time they were done. <laughs> those those were some pretty stiff shots, man. Well, he wanted to hit the padding and make it sound worse, which he did. He did. Anyway, Sheamus sets up the bro kick and hits it for three. That is your match as the Brawling Brutes win that. However, Finn attacks Sheamus from behind, and the Brutes fend off Judgment Day into the OC as Luke Gallows hits a big kick on Damian Priest. KO then enters the ring where Balor is looking and calling out the OC, but uh, he doesn't realize that KO is behind him. KO then turns Finn over or turns him around, hits the stunner, and we get a bunch of celebrations to which we then go backstage where none other than the Grand Nagus of Ferenginar, Johnny Annoying, is walking backstage. He stopped for an interview and he says that the Miz, in typical Mike fashion, Miz used the exposed turnbuckle for the win. He also says that Dexter Loomis won't be a factor in the match tonight. I'm going to stay out of his business and he'll stay out of mine. And then, as he wraps up the interview, he even has to say to Kathy Kelly, fist pound and make it explode? Like, that's... I've never heard that said ever. (laughs) Right? It it certainly wasn't very cool. (laughs) Fist pound and make it... And we all know what he's doing, right? You do the thing, you tap, then... Right? Yeah. But you don't don't, say... You don't have to say it. (laughs) You don't say fist pound and make it explode. If anything, your, your other option is what? Potato, fries. There you go. Potato, fries. Fist pound and make it explode. <laughs> <laughs> Our next that was, match. Uh, that was is, a painful promo, by the way. <laughs> Our next match is Miz versus Johnny Annoying. Next. All right, we come into segment four. We have another Survivor Series War Games theme song. This time, it's a present-day Aussie tune called Parasite. Zach Wilde's playing guitar on it. And then we hear a kind of familiar song, but not really anymore. Because what's happened is Johnny Gargano's Rebel Heart, the song that everybody loves Johnny Gargano for, has been re-recorded by a different singer. So they've redone all the music. It's now a dude singing the song. Not as good. Or at least not as familiar. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. And yeah. it also is like, all right, what's going right with Johnny Gargano these days? Oh, yeah, I have all this gold pressed platinum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Miz then makes his way to the ring, although he's wearing a suit. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. I'm not going to do Mr. Peace Theater for this because it's just not long enough, but uh, which is saying something about it <laughs> after last week. 
That was 31 minutes there, Dave. You know, you know this just isn't long enough is what I said to myself. <laughs> Johnny, 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 I would love to have this rematch with you, but I injured myself doing a TikTok. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect Miz answer. He says, I wasn't dancing, though. No, no, no. I was, ha- although I have moves like Jagger, I was <sighs> punching and kicking in celebration of my fancy football picks. <laughs> I sliced my hand through a cactus, a cacti in California, if you would. (laughs) And he holds up his bandaged hand. He says, but you know, I know that you're Johnny wrestling. You want to compete. So I found you a worthy opponent. We get a pause. Did you have any guesses as to who might this be before the person came out? I I did not, but I was kind of happy when it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when it was Omas coming out. Here he comes, Omas. He's uh, wearing new tights and emergency rain poncho that he got from Dollarama. With his <laughs> name on it. This guy's gear, maybe it's just because he's so big. This guy's gear has been in assembly since he started. Like, I don't know if they just have to import bigger material or what it is, but all his stuff always seems unfinished. When yeah, he first, when he first gets out there, you know, and then yeah, that's a, that's a good point because he'll come out and you're like, that's almost cool, almost. Well, like first he wrestled in just that tech shirt, right? right? Just a, a a black waking shirt, and then they moved to the tank top, and then they started adding stuff to the tank top, and and even he said in an interview somewhere that his gear was nearing completion. It's like, <laughs> geez, man, just just it's been nearing completion for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of like my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the race between Joe's kitchen and Omasa's gear. They built it one piece at a time, and it didn't cost them a dime. Okay, so Omas comes in. Uh, Johnny tries some offense, but of course, Omas takes him out with just one boot. Omas is smearing Johnny on the announce table. Gargano hits a drop kick on Omas, who's trying to enter the ring. Gargano then follows with a tope, but Omas is still standing. Omas plants Gargano onto the apron. Gargano tries a few kicks, but Miz pulls Johnny from the apron. And then he shows how how much that hurt his hand to do it. Which, again, (laughs) beautiful. Uh, Omas posts himself, trying to run into Gargano, but then Omas is down. Gargano hits some super kicks on Omas, who now is out on his back. The heck? Uh, Johnny then motions uh, for the top rope, but then he gets caught and uh, he gets caught with a choke slam. Omas wins by pinfall. I don't even want to call this serviceable. <laughs> it was a thing. It I mean, was on, I, it was on I, TV. I, I, I get it to a degree because, you know, I guess it, I guess it kind of builds heat on Miz maybe, but I didn't really see the point of this match. <laughs> This blew my whole theory. I thought we weren't going to see Omos until this Friday on SmackDown because Braun Strowman is facing Ricochet in the World Cup tournament. And I was like, well, what a perfect way for Braun to lose. And it might still happen. Omos shows up and costs him the the W, right? But I don't know. That's just a thought. Anyway. I wouldn't wouldn't have a problem with that. But again, just coming back to this match, it was like... I don't know. Like when 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 Omas came out, I'm like, okay, well, this is gonna be a squash. But at the same time, I'm like, what is the point of this? <laughs> I yeah. didn't see any point to this. And Gargano did get almost an offensive amount of offense in. 
Yeah, like that was the other thing. Like, I mean, we've seen Omos take some pretty high, like pretty high impact offense from like big dudes. And Johnny Gargano actually knocked him down. Like, well, that, to it, be fair, Omos knocked himself down too by hitting Okay, the fa- fair, fair enough. But still, yeah. it was like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I get you. All right, backstage. I mean, not backstage, somewhere via satellite. Backstage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> with perfect lighting and sound baffles and uh, everything else. Seth freaking Rollins <laughs> is setting up for an interview after being left in a pile by Austin Theory last week. That takes us to our next break. We come out of commercial to a recap of Austin Theory last week. And Seth says that two weeks ago, he got mauled by Lashley. Last week, he got brutalized by Austin Theory, but he's never felt better. Maybe that's like one of those deep tissue massages, you know? Sometimes you get tenderized enough when when Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory beat the holy hell out of you that you get up the next day and you're like, hey, that actually felt kind of good. No, no. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I, I just to keep with that topic for a sec, I, I have had like like a sports massage and those things effing hurt. <laughs> like oh, yeah. They are yeah. not fun to go through. <laughs> Dude, well, I'm still doing my shoulder rehab from the, the accident over the summer and every once in a while he'll hit something and I'll feel it for three days. And I'm like, yeah, this, this is making it better. Right. And I remember the, the first time I got one, like the, 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 the therapist was like, Hey, you run, don't you? And I'm like, how can you tell? She goes, I can feel the scar tissue along your shin from running. Right. So she's, she, she, she ran her fingers like on the sides of my shin and basically just tore up all that tissue. Hold on, hold on, it, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There it is, sexy saxophone. Keep going. Okay. And it hurt so much that I had to start laughing. Like, it was insanely painful. <laughs> You're not making this sound as sexy as a kid. Dude. I'm not going to lie. We're going to stop that. <laughs> anyway. All right. Oh, where the hell are we now? I'm never going to dance again. Um. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Seth lets us know that he's the one that asked for the triple threat. But by the way, this was announced as a triple threat match. It's going to be Theory, Lashley, and Rollins for the U.S. title. Seth says he's the one that asked for the triple threat match at Survivor Series. But he says you don't prepare for a wild Bobby Lashley. You survive a wild Bobby Lashley. Picture the Lashley in the wild. Pumping his fist to his music. (laughs) Uh... Seth says, I'm like the Goonies. I never say die. <laughs> Shout out to his wife playing Cindy Lauper on Young Rock. <laughs> Theory may be more dangerous than he's ever been, but make no mistake, he's still the stupidest person on the face of the earth. And Seth says he's not the stupidest person because he tried to cash in, but what he, for he tried to do to Seth last week. Theory tried to jump Seth from behind and tried to make a name off of Seth's name. He said to call Cody Rhodes on your little cell phone and ask him how his rehab is going. Let me know what he says. This Saturday at Survivor Series, we aren't in the War Games match, but it's going to be a war. We could all snap at any second. Seth then says he can prepare for Bobby Lashley in theory because he used to be theory, but now he's a one of one and he will still be your United States champion. Theory, conveniently, is watching this all on a television with a camera on him in one of the locker rooms. So Theory turns off the TV. Actually, no, he doesn't turn off the TV. It just switches back to the Raw logo. (laughs) 
And Theory looks in the camera and says, Seth freaking Rollins, you don't understand me. Nobody understands me. I've hit rock bottom, and it's the best thing to happen to me. I'm no longer the youngest this, the newest that. I'm not that kid you've been in the ring with before. I'm a new man. I will be taken serious. <laughs> not, not seriously. I will be taken serious. It works, I guess. No, it doesn't. <laughs> my whole point. It's my whole point. You're going to take me serious. That's not how you say that. No, no, it's not. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> this is after Survivor Series. This entire business is going to know what time it is. Well, yeah, it'll be probably three hours after the time the pay-per-view started. Anyway, he calls out Dolph. He calls out Seth. He calls out Bobby. Pay attention to what I do to Mustafa Ali tonight to get an idea of what's going to. Okay, so you got Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley, and we're supposed to pay attention to what you do to an injured Mustafa Ali. Okay. Not injured in real life, by the way. No. Injured with this, this midsection injury in storyline. So we go to the arena. And Mustafa Ali Whipwreck enters. <laughs> he comes in, he's holding his ribs, but he's ready to go. And then A-Town down. No selfies anymore. No. No AR selfies. Just Austin Theory walking down with an angry look on his mush as he comes to the ring. And Theory starts by picking up Ali and take him to the corner before beeling Ali across the ring. Uh, Theory hits a knee on the taped-up midsection of Ali. More stomps follow. Ali reverses out of an attempted side suplex for a little offense, but then Theory catches Ali and drives him down for two. Theory works the abdomen, but Ali manages to get out and hit a tornado DDT and even catches a boot to the face of Theory. Theory, however, manages to roll out because, again... He's the stronger man because he doesn't have injured ribs or midset. What what is it you think it is? What are you what are you taping up when you just tape up the abdomen like that? I mean, it's a very popular wrestling uh, thing, but I mean, what are they really taping up? Because they're not taping up the ribs. No, because the guys couldn't breathe. What what are you taping up? Uh, maybe yeah. maybe Ali has an Audi. Oh, could be. Wouldn't I mean, that be amazing? Why would you tape that up? What's wrong with that? Well, if it's been irritated for the last couple of weeks due to all the abuse you've taken to it. So what, he's got a blister on his belly button? Come on. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Don't you dare diminish the seriousness of a belly button blister. All right. Okay. I take that back. Not. <laughs> Joe, what year are we in? <laughs> Joe, what year is it? Uh, 2022. You just dropped a not. All right. Okay. <laughs> I am 52. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Not making it better. <laughs> Not so making I guess, it better at all. I guess saying like radical is not a thing anymore. Well, no, that's that's come back, but the not jokes aren't coming back. Wait, radical is seriously coming back? Oh, yeah. yeah everything, oh, everything 90s is cool again, except for not jokes. Oh, okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Garth. Sean, <laughs> monkeys might fly out of your butt. Anyway, uh, where the hell are we? Theory rolls out. Ali tries to tope, but gets caught and driven back into the first, uh, first into the ring apron, then followed by a whip to the barricade. His poor midsection, his midriff, if you would, is just taking a lick in here. 
Uh, Theory gets caught by a quick kick inside the ring, but Theory fights back. More back and forth as Ali manages to actually hit the 450 splash, but Theory rolls out of the ring again. Uh, Then he gets up to drive Ali into the barricade from the apron, followed by A-Town down for the win. What did this match prove? I was asking myself that same question. (laughs) I I know I mentioned this last week, but like, how is this helping Ali? Like, seriously. More importantly, how is this helping Theory? Because if he's wanting to set an example for Bobby Lashley, Dolph Ziggler, and Seth Rollins, and he's getting into a competitive match against Ali, a guy, a guy half his size who's injured. Yeah, like, and it's it, being competitive. Like that makes no sense to me. Yeah, like, like again, this match didn't make. Like you would have expected that Theory would just mash Ali, right? Um, You'd hope, anyways. Yeah, like I, I didn't, I didn't quite understand this match. Like, look, don't get me wrong, Ali's really good in the ring. I like Theory's new character. Mm-hmm. All good things, but if you're trying to if you're trying to make Ali or Austin a killer, then he's got to kill Ali. There's like he should like Ali should have maybe got one punch and then after want, that it's over. I want that frothing at the mouth. Yeah, that, that guy. I want to see. I want to see last week's theory. Yeah. Anyway, and I know you're gonna get into what happened next, but what happened next also didn't help theory. <laughs> yeah. So as he's about to beat down Ali after the win, maybe he was about to froth. I don't know. <laughs> Lashley appears on the big screen and says, "Hey, you want to be taken seriously? You stay in that ring, and I'll be right there, or something like that." I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, like we that. we go to break. Uh, segment six. Bobby comes out and he says, "Oh, look at you, Theory. I'm kind of surprised you're still in the ring. I thought you were on the first SUV out of town." <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I stammer my words all the time, too. I'm just having fun with it because it's funny to me that Bobby Lashley couldn't automatically say SUV out of town. <laughs> it was, and what a weird thing to say. Not the first bus, not the first train, not the first anything. The first SUV out of town. That's, that's what I always say. It's like, you know, I wish an SUV would come by and pick me up right now. <laughs> Okay, he says, I guess we got the new theory. Look at you standing all tough like you want to fight. You wanted my attention, you've got it. But if you think you're going to stand in the way of me and my United States Championship, you out of your mind, sucker. That was a little ad-lib for me. Uh, He says, you had the briefcase. All you had to do was pick at the scraps I left for you, and you still couldn't get the job done. Again, we're burying theory some more. Uh, Theory then says, let's talk about Bobby Lashley, how Brock Lesnar kicked your ass. Then Seth Rollins beat you for the championship. Bobby wanted to slay the beast at Crown Jewel, but couldn't get the job done. You and Seth think you're going to step in the ring with the same kid. That kid is dead and gone. I'm going to walk out of Survivor Series as a two-time United States champion. Lashley says, you ain't going to walk out of here tonight. That was a great line. Uh, Let's see here. Fighty, fighty, fight, fight. Bobby runs Theory into the barricade, but Bobby sees at the ring post and says, you know what? Gotta hit that ring post. Well, he wants to use it anyways. He puts Theory up on his shoulders, but Theory manages to slide down. But Bobby stops himself from eating the ring post. I was shocked by that. He stopped himself. I mean, that's, that's like that's like a magnet. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's like the laws of attraction. <laughs> And he stopped it. 
In this house, we obey the laws of thermodynamics. <laughs> anyway, uh, he puts Theory up on his shoulders when we got through that part. Uh, there's more fighty, fighty, fight, fight until Theory hits Lashley in the back with a chair, which makes Bobby incensed. Bobby then chases Theory backstage. We go into the gorilla position where Ali is sitting there recovering. A Theory then uses Ali as a weapon on Lashley, throwing Ali into him. Uh, Ali then gets mad as Theory has ran away, uh, looks at Lashley and says, what the hell? Then Lashley says, yeah, what the hell? So he throws Ali back out into the arena, drives Ali into the video wall, and then puts him in the hurt lock. Bobby poses, and we go into break. What the hell just happened? Uh, so number poor Ali. <laughs> Again, kudos to the guy for getting TV time. He's, I guess, in something. But man, you didn't get that release, kid. <laughs> I just I felt bad for Ali. <clears throat> and then coming back to our original point, how did this help theory? <laughs> like, I don't not. know. I don't like, know at all. Like if it'd be one thing, like if when theory hit Lashley with the chair, if Austin had gone like postal on Lashley with the chair and, and Lashley sold it. Okay. We're yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Lashley no sold it. I was like, that did not help anybody. Ungood. Ungood is what it was. <laughs> All right. Well, we come out of that craziness into segment seven. We get our Stronger Together segment brought to you by Progressive. And Flo has, uh, you know, that eye blackout on her face because, you know, that's what tough people wear. Yes. And anyway, House of Black. So our Stronger Together segment focuses on the well oiled machine that is the Alpha Academy, who. Then make their way into the arena. It's Otis and Gable against Riddle and Elias. <laughs> Elias makes his way to the ring first. Riddle follows. Kicks off the flip-flops, which beta fish swim out of Riddle's feet. Woohoo! Uh, Corey Graves makes a point to uh, mention that those are the fish you have to keep in separate tanks or they'll kill each other. Have you ever owned uh, beta fish? I have not. No? Yeah, it's crazy. If you, ever put, you shouldn't do it because I think it screws with their heart or their head or something but if you put a mirror in front of one their gills all flare up and they get like super mad because they think they're seeing another one and they're like i'm gonna kill you sucker anyway <laughs> it's true though it's it's crazy i never oh, i'm not i'm not saying it's not true but yeah i wouldn't yeah. do that okay uh there's a lot of great chain wrestling between gable and elias but gable gets tossed to the outside which means we are going to break okay <laughs> This is where Mike decided that we're not going move for move anymore tonight. So get ready. Nope. The pod's about to get a lot shorter. All right. Segment eight, Alpha Academy are working on Riddle. This feels like we've called the same match for weeks now. And even though it's been singles matches, I'm not feeling any different about what I'm watching. This feels like I'm sitting in this exact same spot as I was last week talking about the same people. Fine. I get it. It's a feud. I get we're filling TV time, but still, it's just, it's not doing anything for me at this point. Uh, and I hate to say that because I like all these performers, but uh, Elias and Riddle do a two-man Broton before Elias tries a crossbody on Otis. That doesn't work, though, and Elias gets driven into the barricade outside. Gable hits a German suplex on Riddle on the ring apron outside, which looked gross. And that takes us to our next break. That wasn't the big one, though, because there's another one coming. 
All right, Otis and Gable set up Riddle on a bulldog off of Otis's shoulders. That gets a two count. Riddle, though, manages to escape a Vader bomb attempt, and Elias gets tagged in. Uh, Elias hits, he always hits these great stinger splashes. He gets so much air on him, but I think since he's leaned out even, he's going even higher. Like, he's just, always got some bounce in him. Elias is looking good, man. Uh, Stinger splash again, then gets a spine buster. Elias then hits a neck breaker. An old school honky tonk man, shake, rattle, and roll, ravishing Rick Rude. It was more the rude awakening. The, than, yeah, I, than it was more the reverse. Roll. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, hits that neck breaker. And that, my friends, looked gross. But so good at the same time. It looked like he could have little, legitimately broken his neck with that. Well, and I love that um, the announcers, I think it was Corey Graves, was like, that's an old school neck breaker. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was really good. And it's a great move. Yeah, it looked really good. You remember when Rick Rude would hit that thing and you think he'd just kill the guy? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it wasn't for the whole hip swiveling, you'd be totally convinced he was a murderer. <laughs> Maybe he is anyway. I don't know. <laughs> Elias puts Gable up on his shoulders, which lets Gable escape with a head scissor takedown. Uh, Otis and Gable double team, but get a pin broken by Riddle. Now, pay attention. There's all sorts of shenanigans. A riddle hits a floating bro on Alpha Academy on the outside of the ring. We eventually get back into the ring. And then Riddle hits a floating bro onto Gable inside the ring. However, Riddle had also blind tagged Elias. Okay. Mm-hmm. When Riddle went for the floating bro, Elias made a tag again. So just before Riddle hit the floating bro for the pin. This means Elias is technically the legal man in the match. Oh, I see what you're saying. There was a blind tag, but then Elias tagged himself back in again. So Riddle actually tagged twice. So if they want to get down to the nitty gritty, and I don't think they're going to, but these are the little things that my, I once wanted to be a referee brain picks out. (laughs) And that is that technically Elias was the legal man in that match. Little that makes things, sense. Man. Little things. <laughs> Little things. Anyway, well, for, for me, though, what it was to like, okay, I'll admit I didn't notice that. But what I did notice is when Elias did tag Riddle, who was going for that floating bro, Riddle was actually on the top rope. So is that That's even what I'm a saying? T- yeah. Well, I mean? like, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of things about it, right? Yeah. Either way, it was, uh, it was messy. Yeah. It was messy. Either yeah. way, your winners are Riddle and Elias, and the peasants rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> little shout out for home improvement fans, if you remember that show. Okay. We go backstage into another high roller poker locker room. This time in Albany. <laughs> Where again, JBL and Baron Corbin have spared no expense. None whatsoever. And they, I don't remember everything they said here. I didn't write it all down, but they kept making the joke about, you know, you'd want to die anywhere except Albany, New York. No, no, the, 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 uh, the line was the only thing worse than living in Albany, New York would be dying in would Albany, be dying. New York. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, either way. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what that, I don't know what that means. I really don't. And that's not, you know, some people say that to try and be funny. I legitimately don't understand that comment, but whatever. Uh, Drew McIntyre walks in 
And of course, him and Corbin got a little bit of history, so they started jawjacking each other. And uh, McIntyre and Corbin set up a match, but Corbin says, let's do it right now. And he says, oh, I respect my elders and doesn't want to get into a tussle while JBL's in the room. <laughs> but then he says, but I don't respect you. And he just pops Corbin right in the mouth with a shot. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have a match later on here. So that's that's good. That takes us to our next break. Segment 10 starts with a Survivor Series rundown. And for a second there, I was thinking we were going to go into another one of those segments where nothing actually happens. After we go through most of the card for the Survivor Series, we then have JBL and Baron Corbin enter the arena. And then we go to break. So literally, nothing happened. No. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, too, like from the... um, the Gable, like the Alpha Academy versus Riddle Elias match, up until that break, the commercials just were like it was like the, the commercial breaks were like really weird timing because they just kept coming one after the other. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the show flowed overall nicely, but it was just weird to have that rundown and then just the entrance. Anyway, we come back to segment eleven. McIntyre enters. Of course, everybody's going nuts, and we get a lot of wrestling. We get, uh, I think it was like six or seven minutes. Straight wrestling here. The only line I wrote down from this entire match was when Kevin Patrick said, big boy wrestling. (laughs) It was a good line. (laughs) It's a great line. And that described that segment. Segment 12, we get a big superplex from Corbin on McIntyre, which gives Corbin the... And guys, I'm not skipping the moves out of disrespect. It's literally... It's an entire segment of just two big meaty men slapping the hell out of each other and tossing each other around. Okay. We're not getting, we're not getting, you know, insane killer moves or anything. We're getting a lot of punching and kicking and running and kicking and punching. Although, although Drew did get a nice Mishinoku driver. At okay. One okay. Yeah. We got one move. <laughs> <laughs> Segment 12, the big superplex happens from Corbin on McIntyre, which gives Corbin the edge. I'm watching this already, and I'm thinking this match has got to either have some screwball finish or a DQ or interference or something, the bloodline maybe, or maybe Judgment Day. We're going blow for blow here, okay? Spinebuster from Drew for two. Corbin gets a choke slam for Drew on two, and then uh, Drew gets a Future Shock DDT, but doesn't get all of it, according to commentary, which is why Drew missed the Claymore. Corbin picks up Drew into a Samoan drop, which is over the shoulders for two, so a modified Samoan drop. A lot of modified moves tonight, too. Yep. Corbin is beating Drew outside of the ring. We're definitely not getting a clean finish on this. That's what I wrote in my notes here. <laughs> Corbin throws Drew into the ring post. We get an old school you can't wrestle chant. That was kind of fun to hear. Uh, Corbin then charges Drew, but Drew catches him for a messy belly to belly on the floor. Uh, they get back into the ring. And Drew starts the countdown for three. Then he stops and looks over as JBL is on the ring steps behind him. That causes a momentary distraction. McIntyre says, eh, whatever. Charges after Corbin, but gets caught in the deep six for two. And then Corbin is distracted by the referee. And Tozawa ends up showing up on the outside. First of all, the gi is gone. Thank goodness. The, the karate gi is finally gone. Tozawa is no longer a ninja. He is back in his old wrestling gear. However, he is now blonde. Yes. Okay. He's been blonde <laughs> before, but 
I don't think ever in WWE. And Not that I remember. No, no. I, I wanted to bring back the ha ha ha. <laughs> that was his thing when he started, right? Anyway, uh, he manages to steal JBL's hat off of JBL's head, which is enough of a distraction for Drew to hit the Claymore on Corbin for three. So, sticking with my theory, it still wasn't a clean finish. It wasn't exactly the most life-shattering interference, <laughs> but it wasn't clean. So, yay? It wasn't horrible either. I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of this, but I, I'll admit I did laugh. So, I guess it was entertaining. Maybe. So, that was a star, man. I've been knowing that for years, though. I've been a fan of that guy. Like, like in the, I mean, the match was, it was good. Like it was, you know, it was two guys just having a wrestling match, but that Tozawa thing was, that was hilarious. Well, if they just let him be comedy now and not in a 24 seven title way, but like, just in a way that's like, just good. You know what I mean? Like, like these little things are good. He's not a stereotype. He's not over the top. He's, you know what he's being? He's being better at being Johnny Gargano than Johnny Gargano is right now. Oh, he's out Garganoing Gargano. Yeah. He's not annoying. He's he's short, small doses. Yep. Yep. There you go. That's what it is. Okay. Backstage, we see the OC talking to each other about beard dye and black vests or something because we actually can't hear them. But that takes us to our next break. We come back and we find out that there is another Undertaker trading card NFT available tomorrow, which comes with a limited edition T-shirt. So the whole point point of the non-fungible token now comes with a fungible token in a T-shirt. Okay. (laughs) Crypto, I I can understand. I understand buying into crypto, even though it's crapped the bed for a lot of people now. That I understood. It was a concept of money. NFT makes no friggin' sense to anybody, and don't tell me otherwise. Now look at me, man. (laughs) I don't know anything about that stuff. There is well, you you get to say that you have it, but everybody else can have it too, huh? Right. All right. That didn't make any sense at all. (laughs) My point, right there, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we go backstage, and Kathy Kelly is now with the OC. Asks AJ Styles about his upcoming one-on-one Survivor Series with Finn Balor. Uh, he says, you know what? Finn likes to think that he was my family. This is my family. These are my brothers. This here is my sister. You know, this girl that showed up last week. Sister. <laughs> She's my sister. At Survivor Series. I'm going to give Finn the beating he deserves, and I'm going to make it phenomenal. Enter Finn Balor. Oh, AJ. You think I'm a bad guy? (laughs) Major gimmick infringement alert. I'm worse. I'm the devil. (laughs) Red alert. (sighs) I'm going to throw double gimmick infringement on this because then he steals Jack Nicholson's line from Batman 89. Almost. Yep. Almost. almost. When you dance with the devil, you never dance again. Do you remember what the original line was? 
Uh, something about dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Ever, have you ever danced with the ever devil? Ever danced with the, the devil moon, in the pale moonlight? Pale moonlight. Yep. What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Blam. That's I love that movie. That's when you shoot Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yep. Yep. Who then disappears mysteriously because he took a bullet into a uh, silver serving tray. That anyway, we're going way off topic. Now. <laughs> <laughs> This turns into a schmoz backstage. The Judgment Day attack the OC. OC get the upper hand, though. They go outside to a camera, which is conveniently set up in the parking lot. With as, good lighting, by the way, and all yeah, that stuff. Yep. Yeah. As John Cena, Booker T, Lita, and Stephanie McMahon all look on. Well, <laughs> they were the graphics on the truck outside. <laughs> Had you for a second. Finally, security and officials try and break it up, and that takes us to our next break. All right, now we're chugging along here, friends. We come back to segment 14, enter Asuka with Bianca and Alexa Bliss. Uh, The wrong name comes up for some reason as they're walking out because Mia Yim's name shows up. Uh, But we're wondering who member number five is going to be of this team. Did you see the potential uh, rumor about this? I did not. Okay, well, spoiler alert. Uh, If you don't want to hear this part, skip ahead 30 seconds. Now. They're saying it's going to be Becky. I thought about that. I mean, it makes sense. Make a ton of sense, right? So it could be her. Anyway, Bianca says that she may have won the battle, but she hasn't won the war against damage control. She can't do it alone, though. We have Alexa Bliss. We have Mi Chin Mia Yim, not shown. (laughs) I don't know why she wasn't out there for this, but whatever. Oh, yeah, because she was in the fight. That's why. That's right. And the woman that's going to win tonight, Asuka. They're about to have a match, by the way, between Asuka and Rhea Ripley for the numbers advantage at War Games. Okay, it's a stipulation. It's not the best stipulation, but it's a stipulation. <laughs> Bianca says the Bailey's team is playing games. We are ready for war. Alexa says, I want to throw Nikki Cross in the trash where she belongs. By the way, Alexa said that with about as much excitement as I have for trying to come up with something exciting. She certainly was very bored sounding when she said that. <laughs> she's kind of like, I'm ready for payback on everyone. Yeah. yeah. Like it was like that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, hum. Tiddly dum. We're going to win this match. Next. Asuka then comes in for the save. And in her Asukan way says, we are ready for war. Nobody is ready for us. <laughs> Bianca then chimes in with something, but then Asuka takes the microphone back and says, Rhea Ripley <laughs> is not ready for Asuka. I love it. Just pure television. Pure Asuka's great. I love her. She's awesome. Now, this is the part where things go awry because Bianca says they're going to find out who team member number five is. This Friday on SmackDown. Not just boo from the fans, but you've taken out the last reason to watch this match. The last reason to watch any of the next 20 minutes. Yep. Because you've told us now we're not going to get any surprises tonight at all. We're just going to get this match, which let's face it. Advantage is going to go to the heels. I was going to say that after you recapped it, but yeah, like what was the point of this match? (laughs) 
Rhea enters with damage control. Bailey says, is it possible that nobody wants to team with you, Bianca? Your teammates are just trying to get in line for a shot at your title. Uh, Bailey says Bianca is throwing Asuka to Rhea. Asuka uh, then ch- chimes in and says, shut up. <laughs> God bless Asuka. And in my notes, it just says Japanese, Japanese, Japanese. Hey, Rhea. <laughs> hey, Rhea, let's do this right now. It's scary because I, I wrote pretty close to the same thing you did. <laughs> Uh, but instead of me putting Japanese, 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 I should put something Japanese. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Rhea, let's do this right now. Rhea says, just like at WrestleMania, mommy's going to eradicate you. <laughs> I love how they're trying to work eradicate into like a word that everybody just says all the time. When's the last time you said eradicate before Rhea Ripley started using it? Not recently. Yeah, I was going to say like, you know, maybe 2003. <laughs> yeah that sounds about right yeah, maybe, two, maybe 2004 but i haven't yeah. used it in a while yeah all right a ref enters the ring to try and break everybody up this match is next it takes us to our next break hey friends we're pounding through now uh segment 15 Rhea and Asuka pace around before locking up Rhea beals Asuka into the corner by the hair not once but twice damage controller watching from a locker room Asuka goes for her kicks and then Corey mentions how Alexa Bliss didn't look too excited to be there tonight. Maybe that will affect their team coming up at War Games. Good cover by Corey. <laughs> Rhea ends up getting tossed outside the ring and is taking her time getting back in. Yes, let's slow this down more. Asuka then tries a series of kicks once Rhea gets in, but Rhea just beats Asuka down before jawjacking at the referee. Corey talks about how Rhea body slammed Luke Gallows. <clears throat> and said that body slamming Luke Gallows is like body slamming a couch. You ever body slammed a couch before? No, no, I can't say that I have. I have a light couch because, you know, I am not strong, but I'm not Rhea Ripley strong. But I have body slammed a couch before. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived in a lot of apartments. I'm just going to say. There you go. All right, Rhea gets a leg scissor on Asuka, and this is great because it's like a grip right on her midsection here. Uh, Asuka is screaming in pain, but manages to roll out into an ankle lock or a knee lock, depending on which angle you looked at it. Corey called it a a knee, some sort of knee lock or something. Uh, Ripley then powers out of that, though, drives Asuka into the corner. Uh, There's some slaps exchange. Rhea drops Asuka off the top of the outside, and we go to break. And now... Brothers and sisters, feel as the warmth from above shines down upon us. The light fills not only our eyes, but our souls as we welcome the sacrament and the holiness of segment 16. Ripley and Asuka are trading blows before Ripley goes to charge Asuka in the corner and posts herself. Uh Uh-oh. Asuka hits some kicks, some backhands, followed by a code breaker. Asuka then gets a German suplex, but that only gets a count of two. Asuka catches Ripley off the top rope, hitting essentially a buckle bomb. Rhea manages to reverse things, but both women are absolutely spent at this point. I, I thought these women outworked the reactions they got. I thought that this was a great match between two hard-hitting women. I think the fans were... I don't know what the why they were out of it so much. Because I thought these guys were killing it. 
Rhea then hits a beautiful Northern Lights suplex. Another old school move here. Northern Lights suplex for a pin for two. Rhea then goes for Riptide, but Asuka manages to reverse it into an Asuka lock attempt. Doesn't manage to get a hold of it, though, and damage control make their way to ringside. Here we go. <laughs> that means Alexa and Bianca make their way to ringside, and this already looked weird because there's just so many more people on the damage control side. Like, literally, there were four of them there. And then you had, you know... Bianca and Asuka, uh, Bianca and Alexa, and that was it. And that's it, because Oscar uh, <laughs> managed to get out of the arm bar, or get out... Oscar manages to get an arm bar on Rhea. Rhea then turns it into a pin for two, but Rhea hits the Riptide <laughs> for three. Team Damage Control will have the numbers advantage at War Games. We then get a tussle outside between all the women. Bianca looking strong because, let's face it, it's just her and Alexa taking on these four other women. And then Mia Yim comes charging down as she and Ripley fight to the outside. Survivor Series rundown follows this, and Asuka then dives onto everyone, and that's Raw. I um, I really like this match, mm-hmm. but I almost hate to say it, but the stipulation kind of killed it because it it, it sort of um, telegraphed most likely who was going to win. Oh, yeah. If you know anything yeah. about how wrestling works at all, and I'm not saying this to be like, oh, look how smart we are. We're so good. No, no, no. But-, but we've watched enough war games and enough, like, you know, shows leading up to war games to know <laughs> when are the good guys ever going to have the advantage yeah exactly never um, never never and not only that but i mean you know like and we've talked about this on the show a few times it's like you were almost waiting for damage control and team bianca to come out like i'll admit i was surprised to see them backstage mm-hmm. and there was a part of me that was like oh are we actually gonna get a one no we're not getting a one-on-one match nope never mind <laughs> like you know yeah well overall i mean it really was a precursor into smackdown this friday i hate yeah. to say it but this was this was a show that makes you say okay if i want to know everything that's going on i have to watch smackdown on friday which may work for some people may not but I, I thought we started off strong with KO. I thought that we had some great matches in between. Um, I think the match at the end was strong. I think just the crowd wasn't into it. No, they, they again, you, you, but that's because there, com- no, there was no stakes. There was, yeah, there was no- like, like your comment though about they outworked the reaction they got. I agree. But on the other side of that coin, again, no stakes. You kind of had an idea of what was going to happen and you're waiting for, basically everyone to show up in the ring and just start a start a brawl which is what happened right that's it my man that's it so there you go that is monday night raw uh i don't know you'd put something up about feedback was there any feedback that came back for the show actually there was i, I put up something up on the facebook chat there's a few comments but I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna highlight one or <laughs> one or two of them so uh, our buddy matthew smith and this is directly for you mike Thank wants you. to Wants to know why he should care about Johnny the Dweeb Gargano because his main roster character sucks. Do you have any advice for Mr. Smith? Well, first of all, Mr. Smith. (laughs) Or should I say Matt? (laughs) You should care about me because if you don't, I might take this here whistle. And blow it. 
that good enough? <coughs> I really don't want to do that again. No, don't. You're making me want to cough whenever you do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I see that uh, Carlos thinks that Miriam got the name change as well. Yeah, they're calling her Meechin on. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Why take an established name like Mia Yim? You know, hey, let's call uh, let's call Ric Flair uh, Larry McDuzeldorf. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, that's Raw. We've got Survivor Series this weekend. Joe and I are going to be doing the after party, it looks like. So, yay us. I believe I'm also doing uh, Smack Daddy as uh, Smack Daddies with uh, with Brad. Oh, so God. I will be I will be watching SmackDown. There you go. There, there you, you go. See. Well, you can tell me all about it because I won't be. And then and then on top of that, I got uh, the AEW show. So <laughs> I got a week uh, of podcasting in front of me. See, and I I always lament because Saturday we'll have the aftercast. It'll go super late. Sunday is not only main show day, but it's also Sunday run day for me. So that's that's a killer day. And and then Monday we do this. So, yeah, expect an even shorter uh, Tuesday morning cooked next week, friends. Well, even even Saturday, though, it's not an AEW pay-per-view. So it might actually end at a reasonable hour. Well, that's fair. That's fair. But they are advertising a press conference for afterwards. Oh, God. <laughs> Special guest CM Punk. With muffins. Oh, speaking of which, quickly. Yeah. Were you a Walking Dead guy ever? Walking Dead guy? No, no, like the show. Were you a fan of The Walking Dead? Oh, I I, I, I read the, the first few comics. That was about it. I, I think I watched like part of the first season. Okay. Well, they had their series finale on Sunday. Okay. And there was this big, big uh, battle scene. And sure enough, they used Cult of Personality as the music for it, <laughs> which was super dope. And then Punk was on the Talking Dead recap of the episode afterwards for like, you know, for like a second. But uh, oh, yeah. Didn't he send like a video in saying yeah. thank you or something? Yeah, because like yeah. he's yeah, a huge yeah. fan. He'd been on Talking Dead a few times. and He's a big right. fan of the show and the comics and everything. But uh, but yeah, it was just it was so funny hearing that song because that song has been a big part of my life since he brought it back uh, back the first time in 2011. Um, because, uh, it's, I've had it at other events and stuff I do, and it's, it's kind of a psych up song for me and right. not, not just to do with him. I, I got to see living color and got to see them do that live. And it's like, man, when they shred, they shred. Like it's, you gotta they, see them. Do they that are, live. they are a great band. So good. So good. So yeah. So hearing that on the final episode of walking dead was kind of crazy, but uh, <laughs> yeah. that's my, uh, that's my wrap up note there. Joe, right you have a, a wonderful couple days and uh, happy podcasting, my man. And uh, oh, you have to post pictures of what the first meal in the new Aguinaldo kitchen is going to be. Oh, I trust me. I will do that. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Pal. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show and uh, we'll catch you again uh, next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>